0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Call to the Bullpen. I'm David Payne with Brad Zampar and Jimmy Miller. Let's play ball. Good morning, fellas. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. I got a heck of a view behind me here. I'm at Oriole Park in Baltimore catching some games. Jim, I know you were at the the Mets Padres game last night. I had Yankees uh, Yankees Orioles last night, Yankees O's tonight, and then Phillies Cubs on Sunday. So a big weekend of ball games for me. Uh, But it was a big weekend for baseball this last week. We had All-Star Game, Home Run Derby. Now we're entering the second half of the season. Uh, I guess quickly to to recap all that, American League wins the ninth straight All-Star Game. Uh, Would be 10 if we had an All-Star Game in 2020 because they're just completely dominant. Uh, And then a great Home Run Derby showdown between Julio Rodriguez, who had the second most homers in derby history, and the eventual winner, Uh, An eventual $500 million man, Juan Soto. Uh, So big all-star week there. Now we're headed into the second half. uh, And we're going to do a little will they or won't they with some predictions for the second half. Uh, So I'll kick it off here uh, with a guy who just right behind me last night hit two home runs. uh, And it's will or won't Aaron Judge hit 60 home runs. I'm going to go ahead and lock him in for 60. He's, he's on pace for slightly below. He entered the second half on pace for 56. But if he keeps having two home run nights like that, it feels like he can't go a night without hitting one. So I'm going to take yes on Aaron Judge for 60 home runs.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough because the good teams are only going to get better with pitching during the deadline and the bad teams are only going to get worse. So I, I think that he's going to continue to beat up on bad teams. He did do very well last night uh, against a good team in the Astros but yeah I, I'd say 60 I, I don't see him hitting any more than like 62 I'd say 58 to 62 range but I, I do think he might get to 60 a good good chance
2: my argument against him getting to 60 is that John Carlos Stanton went nuclear when he was on his run for 60 and he didn't get there. So I'm going to I'm going to say that he's going to be really close, like that 58, 59, somewhere in that
0: range. But I don't think he gets to 60. That pressure of number 60 can be a lot. You see guys get to like 599 home runs and they can't get that 600th for a while. But you know, maybe having Stanton in the clubhouse with him can kind of help guide him through, you know, not having that that those nerves about number 60. Maybe that could be like a learning lesson type thing. Well, let's stick with the Yankees. And that's, will the Yankees break the all-time wins record? Uh, went into the second half on pace for 111. Uh, the record is 116. I don't think they're going to break the all-time wins record. I think that we're going to see uh, a little more flaws exposed in the second half. I think it also depends on you know what they do at the deadline. But they're not big historical deadline movers. Um, so I, I say they keep on that pace from the first half. I'd say uh, 1, 110 or so.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think they break the all-time wins record. I, I Yeah, I'd say 110 is probably their max. I do definitely think they break 100, but that's a lot of uh, pressure to be put on, especially as the games get bigger, and um, their flaws get exposed if they don't make moves during the deadline. I I don't think they break the all-time record.
2: Yeah, I think they'll have their best season in 21st century, which all they have to do is get to 104, but I don't think they'll come close to that 116. They're
0: Destined for that 105, 110 mark. Now, the team that broke that all time wins record back in 2001 and hasn't made the playoffs since, Seattle Mariners are uh, real close to a wild card spot, if not in one. Uh, so, will the Mariners finally make the playoffs again? I'm going to go no. I just don't ever trust the Mariners to make the playoffs. It's happened like once in our lifetime. I I just can't picture the Mariners in a playoff bracket. So just, I'm gonna go with no. I don't I don't think that j rod can carry them there. And I think that they're not exactly as strong of a team as people suggest.
1: Yeah, I don't think they do either. I they I they might be a wild card team. Um but yeah, I'm 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 gonna go no. I, I just don't really think they're gonna make the necessary moves during the deadline to put them over the edge.
2: Yeah, I'll go I'm gonna go with yes. I do believe that they are gonna finally break the streak. And the Phillies will take over for the other team that will have the longest streak now. But I feel like the Mariners are, they've, the I think they're going to be in there in the wild card, I would say, is my final projection for them.
0: Now, next, uh, we'll go relevant to what Jimmy saw last night in Padres Mets. And that's, will Tatis and DeGrom stay healthy once coming back? Uh, and I'm going to go with, I'm going to say a yes for both of them. I I was right about Chris Sale getting hurt again. I, I made that prediction correctly that he wouldn't last long. Uh, but DeGrom seems like he's doing well. He had a little soreness issue and then went out and, and, you know, threw fantastic again. I think he's just got to push through a little bit. I think is what it, he's always going to have a little bit of soreness. He's always going to have a little bit of, you know, being that tall, lanky guy that throws every pitch 100 miles an hour. There's always going to be a little something. So I think – In a a real hard playoff push like this, he would push through it. Uh, And they're just making sure that he's ready to go. So I'm going to say yes to that. Hopefully Tatis is staying off motorcycles. I assume he'll get a lot of DH at bats now. So I'll say yes to both of them staying healthy.
1: Yeah, I I think Tatis being a position player and DH if needed, I I think that gives him a better chance of staying healthy. Um, DeGrom, I like that DeGrom, like less moving parts than Sale in his windup. You know, his windup's very clean. So I, I think there's less that can go wrong with DeGrom than Sale. So I think he does stay healthy. But like you said, he has to push through just regular soreness. You know, like that's going to happen. Every every great pitcher pushes through it. So I, I, I think they both stay healthy with Tatis having a better chance of staying healthy.
2: Yeah, I like them both to stay healthy. I feel like they're both still, I guess, young enough. I mean, DeGrom has somewhere in his arm, but it's still nothing crazy for a guy his age. And I feel like Tatis is young enough where he's just going to, it just took him a little longer time to heal from a freak injury like that. So I feel like he should be good and for the long run.
0: Yeah, and, you know, DeGrom has you know, a few injuries under his belt, but his arm really doesn't have that many miles on it. You know, he doesn't have that many innings on his arm, so you never know there. Now Juan Soto, just a, a few miles from me in D.C., trade rumors are swirling. Uh, will they or won't they? I'm going to say they won't. I think that uh, strictly as a business decision, almost, uh, they're looking to sell the team and uh, all their buyers are not interested in buying the team with no one to build around. Um, So I think that strictly for financial purposes to sell the team, the learners keep Juan Soto around uh, and then the next administration will build around him.
1: Yeah, I don't think they give him up either. Uh, I I don't think any team really has the means of um, getting him without sacrificing their future. You know, like you look at the Mets, they're, you know, potential candidate, but, you know, they're going to they're get solo, but they're going to give up half their lineup for the next decade, you know, if they make that deal happen. So I don't see any team going after him like that aggressively with their big prospects in mind. You probably have some teams that will try to maybe lowball them in a the trade, but they're obviously not going to take that. So, yeah, I think he stays.
2: Yeah, I think it's inevitable that he's going to end up staying. I feel like a trade does happen. It'd probably be this off season, though. Given that if they don't end up actually selling the team, or if they end up selling the team and the new ownership
0: buys them out, then
2: you won't even be talking about it ever again.
0: Now, jumping to the AL East, uh, it's we went into the break with every team at 500 or above. Uh, will we end the season that way? And I'm going to say not not finish it over maybe finish it with every team at 500 um but i don't think we'll all finish over 500 so i'll say no
1: no i mean i i really don't especially after last night i don't really see the red Sox being a 500 team yeah who knows what they'll do before the deadline if they keep going in this direction um i i'd say it's possible that every team finishes with 80 plus wins i'll say that but to say every team's gonna finish over 500 i don't I don't really think that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I'll go with two. There's maybe, maybe a third team falls under 500. I feel like the Red Sox, they're, if they end up selling, there'll be an inevitable under 500 team. Orioles is, it'll be the best losing season they've had in less than half, less than, or more than half a decade. So, I mean, it'll be a losing season, but bright futures. And then I could, see the Rays finishing below 500 they've been decimated by injuries all year and it's finally going to starting to catch up to them a little bit so I feel like they could be a team that just just ends up below the 500 mark
0: and our last one for will or won't they uh Julio Rodriguez J-Rod we're on 30-30 watch right now uh 16 home runs 21 stolen bases I'm going to go ahead and lock him in for 30-30. I think that the 30 stolen bases is inevitable. you get 21 in the first half and 16 home runs. He just went on a home run tear at the Derby, probably feeling good heading into the second half, was the talk of the All-Star game. I'm going to go ahead and lock him in for 30-30 this year.
1: Yeah, I definitely think he gets there. The stolen bases are going to be cake for him. he get that in a two-week span. But the, the home runs was he had 14 to go. It's definitely still very possible. Um, I, I think he gets it for sure.
2: I'm, I'm going to go with no on this one. I don't feel like he's going to get that home run total. He'll have probably 25-plus, but those last five, I think, for a young guy like him, he's probably going to start seeing pitchers pitch him better to his weaknesses. I
0: feel like he'll be just short. Now, I would make a counter argument to you that maybe – your Mariners playoff prediction is dependent on him having those home run numbers so it could be a a bit of a double-edged sword there now let's talk about something going on in the minor leagues that we know is going to be coming to major league baseball soon uh we're all have some pretty passionate discussions about the shift and and what that means uh but there's some some lines on the field now a little cone behind second base and what which league is that in uh, it was in. They're doing it in the minor leagues. They're yeah, starting so it down there in the FGC. One of the there minor you. league leagues is doing that. It, it, in my opinion, you can limit the shift without having literal marks on the field. The a baseball field is one of the most beautiful things on this planet, and there's supposed to be two white chalk lines on it, and they're the foul lines. I think that it's it's listen. It's as easy as all infielders need to have one foot on the dirt when the pitch is thrown. Uh, third base and shortstop can't cross to the right side. First base and second base can't cross to the left side. Boom! I fixed the shift right there. Rob Manfred, you're welcome. It's not. It's something where we have to be drawing cones and lines on the field. It's hideous. I don't like it, and I'm sure you guys agree.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. Well, I'm as you guys know, very, you know, not I don't want to say anti-shift, but I I definitely think there should be limits. You know, you you looking on the TV, you don't realize how far these guys are playing in the outfield like going to the game yesterday Corona north was basically playing 30 yards into the uh right field grass like that to me is way too far but i agree you know if you're on the left side of the infield you're there for a reason you shouldn't cross second base if you're on the right side of the infield you're there for reasons you shouldn't cross second base i think it's as easy as that you don't have to have those lines out there so yeah i think you, you you limit the shift without having to do all that
2: Yeah, I just I just don't know why they would put them on in the first place. It's umpires can make a call like you have to start there. We're not we're not throwing pitches. It'd be pretty, pretty easy to just enforce that. And I feel like it's something that is very simple and they're going to find a way to mess it up.
0: So, Jimmy, do we have some uh, Major League Players of the Week from this last week? We had a, a All-Star game, so there wasn't all that many games. But between the festivities and the, the games that were played, what, Sunday, uh, Thursday, Friday, well, you got something for us?
2: Is
0: that his internet or my internet? No, I think that's his. Oh, all right. He throws Oh, well, we got him here. We can start reading him off and Jimmy can catch up with us whenever he comes back on the. Uh, so we're just doing one one player of the week, a player of the week, a pitcher of the week and a rookie of the week. Not going AL and uh, true all star fashion combine the leagues. Uh, so with player, we got Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who at last night, hilarious during that trouncing that they were giving the Red Sox. He was making a fruit cocktail on the bench after they took him out of the game. Um, six for seven, eight RBIs last week, seven for 11 on the week. We just fully lost Jim Miller. That's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pitcher's side, Emmanuel, uh, dude, I do. I'm going to mess up his last name. Clase, K- class. Well, what do we say? Class A. Okay. Well, you need a little accent mark over the E there. Emmanuel <laughs> class A one inning pitch to struck out the side in the ninth inning of the all-star game. We secured that three, two win for nine straight over the NL. On the rookie side, it couldn't be anyone but Julio Rodriguez, literally was the only rookie at the All-Star Game, put on a show in the Home Run Derby, uh, took out Pete Alonso. took out the back-to-back champ, uh, and had the second most home runs in Derby history. Uh, So we're going to give it to Julio Rodriguez there, and now we're going to go to Owen with the top five plays from All-Star Week.
1: Sanchez went at the top of the order. First pitch, swinging to shallow right center field, and
2: Riley Green
0: dives and makes another spectacular grab. Man, is In my he house sped. with a
1: walking stick, and I made fun of him for about a month. Off the deflection, Didi Gregorius somehow. There is outnumbered. He skipped a little bit. This one is lifted down the left field line into the A's bullpen. Josh Smith, long way to run, and what a play by Josh Smith. Now Nick Allen will tag and score easily, but for a guy who was making just his second start in left. Left with abdominal tightness. He had a double in an RBI. Jock Peterson, right field. Mookie. Oh, have a night, Mookie Betts. He robs Peterson in and- with a sliding post catch and routine on the way to the postseason, this off the mound, beautiful pick by Jimenez, and an absolutely ridiculous effort for two outs. Man, oh
0: man, one of the best plays ever in an all also- time Oh, and for those, now we're going to go to Cooper with the MLB colorized photo of the week.
2: Welcome back to Photo of the Week. This week's photo shows Joe and Dom DiMaggio posing with Ted Williams for a photo
0: at Yankee Stadium before a game. Joe and Ted are famously known by all baseball fans, but Dom is often forgotten. Dom played with Ted for 11 years from 1940 to 1953, including 43 to 45 due to military service. We all recognize the link between Ted and Joe in terms of baseball lore, but Dom was the other link. During his time with the Red Sox, Dom and Ted became close friends which would last for the rest of their lives. A close bond would would also include infielder Johnny Pesky, who has the right field foul pole named after him at Fenway Park. Thanks, and back to the guys. Thanks to Cooper. No power rankings this week. There weren't enough games played to justify a change in the the rankings, although um, these guys that are visiting here behind me, uh, I would like to see them drop a spot. We got a Jimmy coming back. Oh, it's the end anyways. No, no, No power rankings. Uh, we'll do a updated power rankings again next week, and that wraps it up for this episode of Call to the Bullpen. Jim, we covered covered the players for you. We got you.
1: You got it. All right. Sorry, yeah, my, we got my you. Don't worry. Got We covered overheated.
0: it. <laughs> all right. My bad. Uh, follow us on socials at CTBP Pod Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, and we'll see you all next week with another episode.